Today's episode is brought to you by PodcastLeadGeneration.com. Learn how podcasting can help your business today. If you're like me, being an entrepreneur is not a profession, it's a calling. The question is, is how do people like us share our message, our solution with the world? Simple, through podcasting. How do we create a podcast that builds our brand awareness, grows our business, and transforms us into the leaders that our communities need? In this podcast, that's what we'll explore. My name is Cliff Duvenois, and this is Podcasting Decoded. Hey there, world changer. This is Cliff coming at you from Studio M, my mobile studio inside of my car. What I want to talk to you guys today about is... Uh, this concept. So I'm a big fan of Jocko Willink. And uh, if you haven't heard the Jocko podcast, uh, you probably should. It's pretty intense. They talk a lot about, well, on the podcast, they talk a lot about uh, military operations. Uh, obviously, he's, you know, he, he was in charge of uh, uh, the SEALs West Coast training uh, for a number of years. He's just an all around badass. Uh, I love his TEDx talk around extreme ownership. Uh, he's just, I don't know, I, I really admire him. And he, you know, he was, he said this multiple times on his, on his podcast, uh, you know, two is one and one is none. And I'm surprised at how many times throughout the day I find myself repeating that mantra. So I'm at the grocery store, I'm shopping, uh, we're out of peanut butter. And so I grab a jar of peanut butter off the shelf and then my brain goes two is one, one is none. Meaning as soon as I get home, we're going to crack open that jar of peanut butter and start using it. And, you know, we'll find ourselves out of it and then we're going to want another jar. So I got to go and make another. But if I buy two jars, uh, then I've got one to put in the pantry. So, you know, when, you know, one is gone, we can just crack open the next one and do that. I know that's an oversimplification, but I I think you kind of uh, get my point. Well, with regards to that, I, I want to talk about the concept of of lead generation. And I know I'm, I'm a huge advocate, really pushing hard for doing uh, lead generation through podcasting, right? Closing sales through podcasting and use podcasting as a tool. But notice what I said, podcasting as a tool, not the tool, not the only tool, but a tool. It's important to make sure and keep your perspective on the fact that you really do have to have multiple ways of generating uh, new business for your business, whatever that might be. And so whether that's using a funnel on your website, whether that's having salespeople calling, whether that's using Facebook, whether it's using uh, LinkedIn, whether it's using, you know, podcasting, you have to have multiple ways of making sure that your funnel is constantly being replenished with, uh, with, you know, all different sources of leads, whatever shape that might take. And I, w- I was thinking about this and I was putting together some ideas for, for this particular podcast. It reminded me of this book that I read, a management book from a long time ago that was called Who Moved My Cheese? And I hated this book. I could not stand it. But the point was well taken. Uh, so the book really is about these, you know, these mice that run around inside of a maze and they come across this block of cheese. And so, you know, the mice all descend on the cheese and they're eating it. They're fat and happy. They don't see any reason why they should run around and look for any other cheese. Why not? Because the cheese is is right here. And so, you know, at some point in time, as the mice are eating the cheese, a few of the mice take off running. And the other mice just kind of stay and say, well, I don't know why they left. There's, you know, there's plenty of cheese here, right? And they keep eating the cheese, keep eating the cheese. One day the cheese is gone, right? There's no more cheese left. And these mice are all standing around saying to themselves, gee, what do we do? 
But the other mice, the quote-unquote smart mice, uh, have already run off to find uh, the new batch of cheese, right? So, you know, the moral of the story is, is that you're always hunting. You're, 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 you're always looking uh, for, for new opportunities. You never become stagnant. You never become reliant upon what it is that you're doing for, you know, whatever, uh, whatever your endeavor might be, whether it was for your career, your management career, whether it's building a business. And uh, more in particular, I remember uh, this was, uh, this was years ago. Uh, a buddy of mine convinced me to become the head of marketing for his software company. And initially I said, no. Uh, the reason why is because number one, I didn't think I had the requisite skill set to be able to do it. The second thing was that I would be a marketing department of one, meaning I would be in charge of basically everything. And the primary reason he he told me when I came in, he said, your sole focus in life is to generate leads. And I told him, I said, well, I said, as long as we can narrow the scope to generating leads, then I'm okay with that, you know, but I, I, I can't do all this other stuff and generate leads and do this and do this. And he said, yeah, that's fine. So I signed up on board and the first thing I did was take a look at all the resources that I had available. And there was a sales team of about six people. And so it occurred to me that, you know, if I can teach them how to prospect leads inside of LinkedIn, then they can be generating and cultivating their own leads, right? They're not completely dependent upon uh, me to generate leads. Obviously, I want to help them and generate leads and everything else like that. But if I can teach them to do it inside of LinkedIn, then they would have their own source of leads. So I started meeting with the sales team and helping them get their LinkedIn profiles and, you know, up to snuff and everything else like that. And, you know, you really should update your pictures and everything. And lo and behold, I was shell-shocked by the amount of number one drama that this caused and the second thing is the amount of pushback that I got. Now, believe it or not, the salespeople were all on board with going in and cultivating their own leads and to, you know, really step up and get their LinkedIn profiles into shape and, you know, really do something awesome. Where I got all the resistance was from their management, you know, the the lead sales guy. Even the even the wife of the CEO came crashing down on me. I was in the middle of a training session and she came into the room and, and completely just decided that she was just going to confront me on all these levels of everything that I was doing inside of LinkedIn. And I just remember thinking to myself, what is, what is going on? And so finally there was so much pushback and I went to the CEO and he's like, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But basically what that meant was you're on your own. So rather than have these six salespeople out there building relationships cultivating their own relationships, developing their own leads, it was relegated down to me. And I was failing miserably at it. And I remember that I went in there to the, the website because we were going to try to do webinars to get, get people to sign up for the webinars and, and everything else. And so I wanted them to register for the website. And when I got in there to look at the website, the previous marketing uh, manager, for reasons I have yet to understand, coded the entire thing in ASP. Now, if you just rolled your eyes because you have no idea what programming ASP is, uh, ASP was the programming language in the 90s, okay? The 1990s, that was, that was it. That was the language, ASP. 
And it became a really good web language because the only real browser, I mean, there was Netflix out there, but there was Internet Explorer. Those were the only two browsers that were out there. And so Microsoft wrote ASP and that's what people were using. And that's what this clown used to to build the website. And I didn't know anybody who knew ASP. And I remember I went out there, I found a programmer in Pakistan that could do ASP and he wanted to charge like $400 an hour. And so I went to the CEO and I'm like, look, I can't build landing pages because this whole thing is written in ASP. I don't know how this guy built the website. And so the CEO is like, well, you're the marketing guy. Take care of it. So now all of a sudden my scope of work went from, you know, lead generation to website. And so I basically spent six weeks trying to redesign the website into something that I could use. Meanwhile, there's no leads that are being generated. I don't have time to do it. You know, so it's like this chicken and the egg. I don't, I don't have time to go out and get the leads and, and have them, you know, register for a webinar because I got to get the website ready, but I can't get the website ready because they're wanting me to generate leads. I don't know. It was this whole round robin thing. And I uh, finally got to a point where I was like, I'm out. You know, I couldn't take it. And the, the lead sales guy in every single meeting that we had, the lead sales guy uh, was relentless in beating me up. And even the CEO was like, Cliff, you've got one responsibility, generate leads. And I'm like, how can I generate leads when I can't update the website? You guys are all the time asking me to make updates to the website. I can't do it because it's programmed in ASP. And I can't find a programmer who actually knows ASP. I mean, this is sad. This is a software company that had like 50 programmers in it. Not a single one of them uh, knew ASP. And none of them were interested in learning it because nobody else on the planet used it. I mean, this. Man, talk about being set up to fail, you know, and I, and I hate to cast that dispersion, but that's ultimately what it felt like. And finally, I just, you know, I just told the CEO one day, I said, I'm out, you know, this is, this is just too much. He, I, I don't have the resources that I need to be able to fulfill on my mission. And, you know, every single day I'm asked, where's the leads, where's the leads, where's the leads, you know? So, you know, basically because there was just one person dedicated to doing this and lacking the resources to be able to pull it off, the model just wasn't working, you know? So that's why usually when I'm out there dealing with companies, it was a hard lesson to learn, but it's true. I never advocate for one form of business development. I never advocate for only one form of generating leads or generating sales for a company. I think podcasting is a very effective tool uh, to to be able to build your business, to create a steady stream of leads. But that is all it is, is just a tool. It's not the tool. It's not the only tool. So whenever I deal with somebody like that and, and you know, I'm, I'm talking to, you know, business owners and everything else like that, I make sure to state that and, and making that abundantly clear. Don't stop all of these other lead gen programs that you got going on. Make podcasting a part of it. And then the better you get with the podcasting and the closing, you know, you can always make tweaks and adjustment to see what you can do to, you know, either streamline the process or save money or, or whatever exercise you want to do. So anyways, I just wanted to share that with you guys. I hope you all are doing well and I will catch you in the next episode. See you later. Cheers. Hey everyone, before you go, if you're wondering how you can use podcasting for your business, then visit podcastleadgeneration.com and get the framework that showcases three ways to generate more leads for your business using podcasting. Once again, that's podcastleadgeneration.com. Make it a great day.